episode of the Classic Pickup Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whips, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This podcast is sponsored by Classic Pickup Supplies, your number one Ford and Chev pickup parts supplier. Mention Classic Truck for a 10% discount off your first order. Classic Pickup Supplies, located in Coolum Beach, Queensland. Call 07 5446 2667. Or visit their website, www.classicpickupsupplies.com.au. Classic Pickup Supplies, dedicated to the restoration and preservation of the pickup. Episode 3, Delmo Speed. Whilst this podcast will focus on Australian builders and owners, I'm a big advocate for travel as a means of education. I spent 10 years travelling around the world and I learnt so much from the experiences that I would never have learnt if I'd stayed home. Once a month, we're going to board a virtual 747 and catch up with an international builder. Their rules and regulations may be different, but I assure you their passion for these old trucks is just as strong as ours. I travelled to the United States in November to get some parts for my Chev truck, mainly a 12-valve Cummins engine which I pulled from a running Dodge Ram. I timed my trip to coincide with one of the biggest Chevy truck shows, if not the biggest on earth. Dino's Get Down in Glendale, Arizona. There were over 1,600 trucks there, including a bunch of SEMA trucks, fresh from Vegas the week before. The get down was on Friday, and then on Saturday, we were in nearby Scottsdale, Arizona, for the Good Guys show, with even more trucks and classic cars. It was such an eye-opener in comparison to the size of our events, and I would highly recommend it to anyone. One of the biggest names in the scene over there is Del Yushenko. His shop, Delmo Speed, turns out some of the cleanest style vehicles you will ever see. Punch Delmo Speed into YouTube and you'll see what I mean. We had planned to catch up for a chat at the get down, however time was not on our side. So Del invited me out to his new shop in Prescott, Arizona. On Sunday we sat down for a chat. He's one of the most talented and humble people I've ever met. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. So Del, thanks for taking the time to come on the podcast and have a chat to us. Um, it's awesome to be here in your shop. My pleasure, man. It's, uh, it's cool to talk to you Aussies. You guys are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, so you're Canadian, right? Yeah. 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 Born in Canada, um, moved down here about 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And you had a shop back there? Yeah, I did a bunch of stuff, but, um, probably for the last, you know, 10 years in Canada, I had a hot rod shop there. So I was building old cars, you know, kind of gold chainer hot rods and traditional hot rods and and it was real successful and super fun and um but you know and there's a big scene in canada probably like australia yeah. you know and but it's tough because the weather is shit for six months and then or more you yeah. know so uh that's really what kind of brought me down here and um also to kind of like make more of a statement in canada you know you could be the best there and it's just you know, you're, you're known for it and it's cool, but really to make a, uh, a difference, we had to kind of come up, come down here. So my wife's a nurse and you know, that was kind of our meal ticket down here and yeah. just hit the road, man. So here we are living the dream and, you know, we, we've lived in California 
for I think like six or seven of the years, and then we've been here in Prescott, Arizona for for like almost four. Yeah. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's nice down here. It gets pretty hot though, right? It gets hot in Phoenix. Yeah. We're at five thousand feet. More elevation, so yeah. it doesn't get hot. Like it gets cold in the winter, as you can tell. But um, it's not horrible. Like you know, throw a hoodie on and you're fine. But compared to minus forty degrees Celsius, you guys are metric, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's um. You know, you know what cold is all about. So yeah. minus forty, you can imagine. Yeah. I don't think it gets that cold in Australia, but it's. Uh, yeah, I don't. Cool. I don't miss it at all. I lived in Banff for a while. In Banff, yeah. Alberta. Yeah. No way. And in Whistler, but yeah, Banff was cold, like negative twenty is a normal day. Brutal, dude. Yeah, yeah, Whistler doesn't get as cold, but yeah, those are both beautiful places. Yeah. What'd you do there? Just mountain biking. Uh, no, I spent my basically spent the first twenty years chasing snow around the world. I mean, oh, yeah, skier and rad. all that stuff. So. so you're not afraid of a little bit of cold then? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but as a car guy, it gets pretty old pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. If you got to park your car up for six months, that's yeah. I see that on Instagram quite a bit. You know, guys are like, "Oh, I'll take my truck for its last run, and then we're putting it away." Yeah, and, yeah. The good thing is you can get a lot done, like because in this in the winter there's not much more to do than work on the thing. Yeah. So you have a lot of time to geek out on it and take it apart. And a lot of guys will redo their truck every year just because yeah. they got nothing to do. <laughs> so, but yeah, going back to Phoenix, there's no way I could live down there, man. It's too hot. I don't know how people do it. Mm. You know, the winter, like the cold, I see it, feel, it feels like you can dress up for that. If it's cold, you can throw on a sweater or something. In that heat. Yeah. You can't escape it, yeah. man. You when it's go, 40 degrees, there's nothing else you can no, do. No, yeah. it's miserable. Yeah. So so we picked up here just because it's, you know, the weather. We kind of have more seasons up here, and it's just a little bit better. So Yeah, I mean, and what, it's an hour and a half, and you're in... Hour and a half, and you're in down, hanging out yeah. with Dino, eating chicken wings. So, yeah. uh, you know, I have a good group of friends down there that we, you know, we hang out whenever we can, but, um, you know, everyone's pretty busy, so... Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. So let's go, let's wander right back. What's your first automotive memory as a kid? What, what's the first thing you remember? Oh, man. Uh, I guess would be my dad was a, my dad was a four-wheel drive guy. And so I remember, I guess this is crazy to think about. He was changing differential fluid in his, like, I think it was a 68 four-wheel drive Ford long bed. It was yellow. It was called the Bushwhacker. <clears throat> and it probably had 31s on it. And for the time, you know, it had probably a six-inch lift or something. It was big. Dude, the thing was a monster truck. Yeah. People were freaking out over it. And I remember sitting out. I was He was changing the dip fluid, and I was sitting cross-legged on the ground, you know, pretending to break the bolts loose from the diff cover. And um, that's it. That was like that first thing I remember really working on something with my dad. And then just... Followed him, followed him everywhere, and learned as much as I could, and got a lot of my style from him. So he was, he was kind of a '60s, '70s hot rod guy. So I got a lot of influence from him on styling, and um, things were a lot simpler back then. So I, my style's kind of stuck with that. You know, I, I go to Seaman, I see what Ring Brothers and Roadster Shops doing, and, and I drool on it like it's just incredible. But I just, it's not. Like, it's not what I would do, Yeah. but I, I mean, I would have one of those in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know what I mean? I really respect it, but I, um, I'm just still that old soul when it comes to these things. Yeah. So clean lines and yeah, very traditional styling with some upgrades is kind of my deal, mm. you know? So we checked out, uh, Randy Weaver's Ford at, uh, Oh yeah. Good guys yesterday. That thing is crazy. 
crazy. Dude, it's ridiculous, man. Yeah. yeah, what they're doing these these days is just nuts. And you know, but having said that, you have to have an eight-axis CNC machine and all the all the stuff and all the talent to run it. Like it takes a team of people to build those. Yeah. You know, it's not like the old days where some you know someone was creating something really cool in their garage and. And that's kind of where my heart is, you know. So, uh, as much as I respect that, all that cool shit, I just—it's just not me. There's also, you know, there's a limited amount of people who are going to spend three or four hundred thousand dollars on a truck. At least, yeah, at least, right? So it's um, it's it's even hard for me to talk people, customers of mine, into that. You know, I'm like, eh, you know, you can have just as much fun with this, and in fact. Oftentimes more fun with something that's like a seven or an eight yeah. compared to a ten. A, t- a ten, you probably won't have any fun with it. In fact, you'd be per- you know stressed out. You get a trailer it everywhere. I've done a couple real nice ones, and it stresses me out just washing them. Because mm. if you don't wash something correctly, you'll scratch a shit out yeah. of it. And uh, that's just not me, man. I-, I like having fun with these things and um, trying to trying to make them as cool as. And much of an impact as I can with uh, the bu- with a limited budget. Like, how, in, like you know, how cool is it to p- pull up beside three half a million dollar cars, and more people are kind of digging on what you did because you were a little bit you know innovative and and worked on a budget. I think because a lot of people can see through that too, right? So, um, SEMA is as much inspiration as I get there. I also am like pretty proud of what we're doing. Yeah, because it's so unattainable some of these things. Um, you know, especially when it's, you know, like this was sitting here next to, what's this, a 60 to 66? Yeah, 63, yep. 63, I mean, beautiful paint, all new, but, you know, you look at something that's in patina. Yeah. And and it's just getting harder and harder to find those really, sure really is. nice original patina with, with a bed that matches and, yep. you know. Yeah. I, I have a little struggle with patina. I personally love it and, you know, my trucks, it's... It's patina, but it's almost verging on no paint. Like it's right. it's that sunburnt. But you know, the the four different colored doors and nothing matches, and that's almost another look. Yes. And then there's the fake patina, which I just cannot. Yeah. Get to you know. Yeah, patina deal kind of kind of took off and then took on a life of its own. Like we were talking about earlier, you know, traditional hot rods and then rat rods came along. And then art cars or whatever the hell they're doing now, same with patina, right? Like you have these rust-free... A patina for me was like a rust-free vehicle that had sun-baked paint, like perfect sun-baked paint, and not one primer panel on it. It was all matching. um, And then it turned into rusty cars were okay. And they were getting labeled patina. Well, it's not. It's just a rusty piece of shit. (laughs) And then, yeah, people start faking the patina, and then now it's like three different color primers, and it's like, come on, man. <laughs> you know, but it's, but it's, it's each to their own. It is, no, it is, yeah. it is. But there, there's, it's, it's not patina anymore. Yeah, they call it something else. There's another name. That's yeah. What, yeah, that that's just that's just my opinion. But I mean, but even like you know, sandblasting or or you know, taking a car back to bare metal and then leaving it to rust and then clear coating it. Mm-hmm. That's not patina. It, oh no, it can look really cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it's not patina. Yeah. That's cool. But yeah. It's a it's the never ending argument, but you know, look at at the get down the other day, and like you're walking around, there's just a thousand 
beautifully painted trucks. Mm -hmm. And I just, every time there's a really nice patina one, I just have to stop. You know? Yeah. But maybe that's just me. You know, I guess paint guys walk past it mm -hmm. and they're not happy with it, you know, but. Yeah. And you know, to, like, it's funny to go to those big shows like Dino's and, and, and the, a lot of people that are having the most fun are the people with the multicolor primer trucks. Cause those are the ones that are, those guys are legitimately blue collar nine of fivers that are working on it in their garage on the, on the weekends. And they came to the show and they're stoked and. That, you know, I love hanging out with those people because it's, um, they're, they're what the culture really, you know, they kind of started the whole deal. Right. Yeah. And then there's, you know, the super fancy, nice trucks. Yeah. That's awesome. But, uh, you know, it's fun to see, go look in the parking lot and the people that are really tailgating and having a good time. <laughs> they're those daily drivers, man. Yeah. For that's, sure. It's super cool. So what, what was your first truck? What, what was the first or vehicle? I'm guessing it was probably a truck if your old man was a four-wheeler. Yeah, so I was 14, and I bought a 77 uh, square-body stepside. And um, in our school in Canada, it was a it was one of those schools where you could write off like your first two years of welding or, or first two years of automotive mechanics at high school and junior high school. So you could like um, if you took all those courses, they would actually teach you the skills you would learn in college. So I, you know, took every course I could. And so I was 14 and I was chopping the roof on this 77 pickup. So I took like four inches out of the roof. Like the, you know, I kept the A pillars at the same, same angle. So I had to like cut the roof in four pieces. And yeah. <clears throat> so, and I gas welded it all. And so I guess technically that was kind of my first vehicle. Never, I never finished it, but it was like, you know, it was a passion project learned a lot about it and then um and then when i got it my driver's license i bought a 67 long bed fleet side cut the coils it basically was on the bump stops and uh, that was my high school rig oh and get this so you know those trucks have coil springs in the back and they're pigtailed on the front the top and the bottom yeah and back then they didn't have a lowered rear coil you just hit it with the oxy so normally you would just hit it with some heat, right? Or put blocks. Well, I already had as much block as you could put back there without the trailing arms dragging on the ground. So my dad goes, why don't we just cut a couple coils out of the middle and weld the coil back together? <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> now, so, cause I'm not a professional welder by any means and I'm, he's my dad and I'm just a kid, but that just sounds ridiculous to me, right? So he, sure enough, he cuts this fucking spring in half and takes two coils out of the middle, sharpens both ends to a point, and then arc welds them with an arc welder back yeah. together. Yeah. And I'm like, he's, and he's, we throw them back in the truck and it sits perfect. And I'm like, you're crazy. Like, these things are going to break within like 100 feet. I ran those coils for four years. Really? They, <laughs> they didn't sag. They didn't like... <laughs> Dude, I couldn't believe it. I tell people the story to this day. They're like, no way. Yeah. But yeah, that big arc welder must have just thrown enough heat into those coils. And, you know, um, so yeah, that was my first, that was my first ride. It was a long bed 67 with a small window. Yeah. Yeah. And was your dad a fabricator or a mechanic or something? No, or something? he was an oil field guy, um, ran heavy equipment and just a jack of all trades, like yeah. just a super stud at everything he did. And, you know, he chopped a lot of Mercs for people and did custom paint, flake. And he was just that guy. 
Yeah. He was the guy in town that everybody would go to, and you know he he was tough as nails, and you know, and so yeah, he just inspired me to kind of to get cracking at it. That's cool. You know, and he sounds like he was a Ford guy. Yeah, yeah, but having said that, he's like me. He really appreciates all of them. Yeah. I guess his roots are Ford, but at the same time, like he like he likes them all. Yeah. So. But, uh, you know, he had a Chevy. He's had lots of Chevys. He used to race mud bog trucks. So he had an old 47 Mercury with a big block Ford in it and, you know, those big swather tires. And so he, he raced mud bogs for a long time and had a lot of fun. And But, uh, yeah, I'm building a car right now, kind of a tribute to to what he built. He's still alive, but um, he had a Street Freak back when I was a little kid. And Street Freaks are... You know, a gasser is high in the back with this, or sorry, high in the front with a straight axle and lower in the back, kind of, and they radius the wheel wells to clear yeah. the tire. Well, street freaks, they would, they didn't want to cut their wheel well openings, so they would flip the diff over on the bottom side of the springs, do shackles, whatever they had to do to get the back of the car up super high, and the things were just ridiculously tall. And he had a 65 Falcon, um, the Velocity stacks out the hood. It was really high, and that was just always my favorite. It kind of reminded me of a Hot Wheels car. Yeah. So I'm building the '64 Falcon right now in that in that that in that street freak kind of style. Did he drag that or? No, it was just a street car. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm obviously taking it to a different level. I found the 426 Hemi out of the Hawaiian Funny Car from 1969. Yeah. So I'm rebuilding that motor and. It's in there now, but it's not rebuilt. Um, big long ladder bars and crazy. It's like the back bumper is like five feet off the ground. It's yeah. it's insanely tall, but it's pretty fun. My goal is to take it to Moon Eyes Japan for the for the show out there on Christmas. So not this year, but next year. So. Yeah, awesome. Have you have you had anything to do with the Saudi set? I haven't. I've been watching it. You know, I, I kind of want to see what's going on there. Yeah. You know, I. I I think a lot of people are hanging back for the first year. Oh, uh, yeah. Most of them are. Yeah. I'm super stoked about it. I think it's cool that they're doing that and the government's behind it and stuff. But, you know, there's always that chance that nobody gets paid and there's yeah. nothing they can do. Mm. But it sounds legit. And um, as sad as it is to see all the American iron going over there, you know, it's been happening for years anyway. So. You've got so much. Between... Me just driving from Phoenix to here, yeah. my head nearly snapped off a hundred times. <laughs> There's like a perfect, uh, like a 48 F1 Ford, perfect mm-hmm. patina just up on this guy, yeah. like near his machinery. And I'm just like, holy crap. Like, oh yeah, people still drive them. Yeah. People still use them down here for work. It's like, you know, we are pretty spoiled, but man, they, they're leaving the country by the hundred oh, like yeah. every, every month, you know. So. I see them for sale every day in Australia. Yeah. yeah. But, so. but I mean, they, they may... Millions of them. Yep. So it's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of them got wrecked, but you know, there's still enough parts too that people can just put them together whenever they want. So yeah. But that Saudi deal's cool. You know, I think I hope people get good money for stuff over there. And you know, my buddy Tom Nelson, Nelson Racing, that you know, he's sending that Maximus over there. Hopefully, they get a good chunk of change for that. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just another market that's never really existed. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit nervous to go over to that part of the world, but like Dubai, I wouldn't mind, but Saudi is kind of a different mm. different deal, yeah. you know. And most of the trucks that, well, all these trucks sitting around us right now, they're customer builds? 
Yeah, they're all customer yeah. builds. You say you never you never just build something and then sell it. Uh, no, I don't have any time. Yeah. Um, I did initially build my my '65, my first one, not even to sell, but I only drove it about 12 miles. And Sam Castronova bought it off off me. I took it to good guys. Well, when Dino's was at his house, yeah, it was the first one, and he invited me out there, so I brought the truck, and it was kind of the very first. It was kind of the very first like truck of that style. It was a patina truck, and I put the hubcaps on some 22 inch center lines. So it was the first set of real kind of that hubcap wheel. Yeah. And um, so I pulled up to Dina's with it. It was you know kind of a big deal. Kind of people were liking it, and then went to Good Guys the next morning, and that's as far as I drove it. And Sam bought it off me, so I didn't even take it home. <laughs> So that was the only truck I'd really ever owned. Yeah. And that was 10 years ago. Yeah. So <laughs> you know how the shoemaker never has any good shoes of his yeah. own? That's yeah. kind of where I'm at. You know, my my fun toy is a is a 96 Humvee, and that's kind of what I have fun in. But, you know, I can't drive it anywhere. It only goes 55 miles an hour. So um, but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And looking around the shop here, I mean, you've got um, – have you done all the chassis work here, or is that – no, I mean, things have progressed so much that it's not even worth my time building, yeah. fabricating a chassis. Like, I can't do it as good as these guys are doing it for, yeah. with the tools I have. So, um, you know, between Chop and Block and GSI and Roaster Shop, they've got it covered. Yeah. You know, so it's like, why? I mean, having said that, they've got some work to do. But, you know, I, I try to do some R&D when I can because we're the ones that are building the trucks, you know. So we're like... Maybe move this bracket, change yeah. this, and giving them feedback. Yeah, so feedback from the builders is critical for these guys because you know they'll build them in SolidWorks and then you know start making them and putting them up to the public without really you know putting a body on them or figuring out steering or where what brackets are in the way or that kind of thing. So yeah, so over the time these things have really become user friendly, and so it's nice for us just to order a chassis from whoever, get it here, mock it up. And then send it up for powder coat, do final assembly. So it really speeds up the process. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, cool. And so for, for our Australian listeners, um, you know, you, you do put out some products that they can, they can buy and bring over. You know, you've got your, your Dell S3 kit that you do. You got door handles and that sort of stuff. Yeah. You want to just talk a little bit about the engine kit? And- sure. Yeah. That kind of came up kind of came to be as a mistake, not a mistake, but I wasn't planning on producing these parts. You know, we were just kind of, I wanted to clean up an LS motor to look good. And so I developed a valve cover adapter and then a throttle body adapter to move, you know, you ditch the plastic intake of an LS, whatever, whether it's a truck motor or car motor, you ditch the plastic intake, put a four barrel injection intake on it and I wanted to use the factory throttle body because a lot of guys were doing using takeout motors so rather than go have to buy a new throttle body or something to work on that four barrel I kind of created an uh, adapter to put use your drive-by wire throttle body that you already own because you bought the thing with with the motor so mounted up some valve covers started painting the motors orange and then um People started asking about them. So we I was buying crate motors. Well, still am. Buying crate motors, stripping them down, you know, rounding the corners off all the, you know, because they're 
they're machined motors, so they're super sharp corners. So we try to smooth them out a little bit and then hit them with some paint and detail them up. And, and now we offer them ready to run. So, uh, you know, you can literally start them in the crate. They're, they're ready to go. You drop it in and hook up two wires and, and a fuel line and it'll start. So that's been a real big part of our business. And, um, and then, you know, I've, I've created some wheel designs, mostly again, for just for builds that we're doing. And then they kind of caught on and, you know, so I've been building some wheels for people. I don't advertise any of that stuff though, because I'm not, I'm not prepared to, you know, go full production. Like, I'm, yeah. you know, not there yet, but, uh, and typically, you know, to be honest, people rip off my style within a couple months anyway, and then some other giant companies doing it. So there's no way I could keep up with that anyway. So all I can do is, you know, be creative and make some parts and hopefully sell enough to, you know, make a living. Yeah. But, uh, but it's fun and everything's available, uh, www.delmospeed.com. We have like kind of vintage plug wires on there and everything you can, everything you need to, to do to your LS motor at home to make it look like how we do it. Yeah. So it's kind of a user friendly package and it's really quite simple. We've, we've tried to take the guesswork out of it and make it as easy as we can. So you could literally clean your motor up, spray can it, put the old school valve covers and adapters on it and we go. Yeah. So air cleaner and the whole thing. Air cleaner. Yeah. And it's cool because like a lot of these tri five guys and even the old timers that have had a, you know, a, a Corvette motor in their, in their 57 Chevys, they want to yank those out and they want to put LS in them, but they don't want it to look stupid. So yeah, yeah. it's a, it's appealing for all the old guys too, that want updates. So if, if I'm in Australia and I want to order, like you're saying, just a ready to drop it in, you've done everything. It's all new zero mile motor. Yep. What, what's that going to cost me? Well, those like a, a 430 horse one is about 14.8 in the box, ready to, ready to go. Yeah. Um, and then shipping. What I'm not sure what that is. Luckily, we're not too far from uh, LA. Yeah. So, you know, it probably costs about four, four or 500 bucks to get it to the port in Long Beach and then throw it in the sea container. So, yeah. you know, um, you guys might know more about that, what that costs, but, um, you know, I have no problem getting it to the port. Yeah. So, um, and then really, I don't know, like they should pass smog. It's the same motor, same throttle body, same exhaust. It's got O2 two sensors. And as, as long as you put cats in it or whatever, you know, is, uh, legal in your country yeah. then you're good to go. You should be able to put that motor in anything. Yeah. yeah. So, cool. yep. yeah, I mean, the LS swaps, you know, alive and kicking in Australia as well, you know? Yeah. And it's not going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, the LTs are cool, but they're an ugly motor and, um, I think the LSs are here to stay for a while. Yeah. And you can get them pretty cheap and you know, they're easy to work on and they look good. So people are developing stuff for the LT motors, but they just don't, for me, they just don't do it. And you can make just as much power with an LS anyway. So, yeah, you know, that's <clears throat> no, cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I ship stuff back. I think I pay about 440 bucks a cubic meter. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. How long does it take to get over there? It's about, I think it's 30 days on the sea. Hmm. Yeah. So if I want to come to Australia and hang out, what's the best time of the year and what's the best car show to come to? Um, I guess like you're saying, that's summer has to be something that you'd, Is you'd it? love. Yeah. I mean, I think the truck show kind of seen like what we've been to this weekend 
it doesn't really exist yet. Yeah. Um, you know, we have what we just call big rod runs. Yep. Uh, we just had one the, the weekend before I flew out the other day. It's called the Bright Rod Run down in Victoria. And that one's pretty big. You know, you get you get heaps of really cool. Really? Like, and, and same thing, like, through Hot Rods, Classics. Everything. There were Tri-5 Chevys yep. everywhere. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, there, was a, there was a good turnout of trucks there. Um, I'd like to, to try and build up to doing either a, a truck show on its own somewhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or at least at one of these big shows maybe having, like, an area where we just try and get all the trucks together. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I love a Ford as much as a Chevy, you know, like yeah. I'm not brand loyal. I'm, I think I'm era loyal. Yeah. You know, like yep. I look at that 48 through to maybe 59 mm-hmm. kind of, and so many cool, cool oh, body yeah. styles. So. But I guess when you're in a country that doesn't have a whole bunch, you can't be too specific, right? You want as many people to show up as you can. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, come one, come all, but. I, and then Australia is massive, yeah. right? I think the biggest scene is probably up around Sydney. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, Jason had the, uh, he's got that 59 Apache that um, Homegrown Rides. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's up in Sydney. He's got another truck as well. Um, and there's a whole bunch of guys. There's like a um, C10 Australia Club sort of going yep. on up there now. So, yeah, cool. Yeah, I think Sydney and then, and then sort of around the Gold Coast. I'm, I mean, that, they're the warmer climates too. Like where I am down south, you know, if I was going on a holiday to Australia for a short period of time and I wanted good weather, mm-hmm. I think I'd be going. Oh, okay. Going to Sydney, Queensland. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Well, we'll talk more about that because I definitely want to get up there. Yeah. Or down there, I should say. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, if you find the right show and come out and a whole bunch of guys will hook you up for sure. Cool. Yeah. You got giant bugs. Bugs. You got giant bugs and shit though, don't you? <laughs> shit that wants to kill you all the you time. Got, you got bears here, man. Oh hell, we got Bigfoot. Yeah, but he doesn't come out much, so yeah. you're fine. That's funny. Everyone freaks out so much about. Actually, you know, it's really crazy. At um at the get down the other day, there's a kid walking around with a kangaroo. No. He he had a joey kangaroo in like a blanket. In no. His, in his arms. That's probably illegal, isn't it? Well, I don't know. Like he was. I think his dad was an Aussie. Are you and, kidding me? But they lived here, so I don't know whether they had like a rescue place or they worked at a zoo. I, I, some guy showed me a photo. He's like, because he goes, "Oh, you guys are Aussies." He goes, "Did you just see that kid with the kangaroo?" And I'm like, "You're talking to shit." No. And he wow. showed me a photo on the phone, and I was like, "This, I can't believe that." Just really? Yeah. I've never seen one in person. Yeah. Can you tame those things? Oh, uh, yeah. 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 I mean, it's not really the thing to do back yeah. home, but no. Um, there's a lot of guys like there's a, a lady in our hometown who's a wildlife carer. Oh, so if like they, a rescue. If they get, yeah, so if they get hit by a car and they get a joey in the pouch or whatever, yeah. sure, they'll raise them to a certain age and then, but they, so you care for them a lot when they're younger and then you're just trying to wean them off humans and then push them back out. Yeah. But they, they are not a rare species. No, it's like deers here. Oh, it's crazy. Like yeah. our local golf course, I'll go play golf. I'll see 300 kangaroos. Holy shit. Yeah, really? Everywhere. Because the grass is good. That's where they're hanging out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that video. I don't know where the video was, but it was, you know, the kangaroo that had that dog in a headlock? Wouldn't oh, let him go? So, there's so many of them. And yeah. then the guy comes up and punches the kangaroo in the face. Yeah. And he lets go of the uh, dog. And the kangaroo's just staring at him like, dude. Yeah. Those some those big kangaroos they got bigger arms. Dude, than they're me. jacked. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I'd love to go. Uh, love to go down there and experience all that shit. So yeah, yeah, I'm in, man. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd no, be cool to have you over. 
Well, I won't hold you up much longer, man. I really appreciate you taking the time and having a chat with us. And uh, it's cool to check out your shop and your builds. And I'd love to take your Hummer for a trip because it's sick. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a. I mean, we we downsized a lot moving from Burbank. Yeah. But um, I mean, it's just literally about five times cheaper up here than yeah. California. And um, man, LA is kind of difficult to live in. I don't know. I've, you've been there, right? I haven't been to LA. Well, we flew in there, but yeah. I haven't spent any time there. It's, but I believe LA has the same population as the whole of Australia. Probably. Like it's massive. Probably. It's really crazy. Yeah. Like, it's really hard to get anywhere. It's expensive. Uh, and, it, and the people are kind of rude. I'm not going to say that because I have a lot of good friends in California and there's a lot of good people, but as a whole, everyone's super stressed out. So they might not be rude people, but it's, um, you know, they're just super stressed. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've heard that Australia is kind of similar to Canada as far as attitude goes. Like yeah. people will let you in if you have your blinker on and, you know, it's kind of that kind of thing. Well, in, in LA, if you, you, you can just get left in the dust if you do that. So I learned real quick that if, you know, you have to be aggressive and I, I think that's, I think that's almost more just a city thing. You know? It could be. It like, could be, yeah. Because, you know, if you're driving around in Melbourne or Sydney, it's sure. the same. Like, sure. You know, it's, it's yep. everyone for themselves. and It's true. And you walk down the street and no one says hello or waves or smiles at you. But yeah. you get out in the countryside and... And, and you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as Aussies, you know, we grew up watching TV and hearing about Americans and they're, they're rude and arrogant and loud <laughs> and everything. And you get here and they're just nice. Oh, they're just normal people. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It, it probably is more of a, a big city thing, but yeah. LA in particular, I don't, I just don't know what's going on there. But it's, I just couldn't get, wait to get out of there. It was good to me. It was really good to me. It helped helped me build my brand, and I met lots of ton, tons of really cool people. And um, I don't regret it at all. And, yeah. and I like going back there. It's a stepping stone. I like going back and enjoying it because I know I can kind of leave. You know, it's like I like kids too, but I have one. You know, like I like to play with my. N nephews and stuff and then I'm like later <laughs> uh, I'm this thing's leaking I'm out yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but uh, it's fun being up here and things are a little smaller a little slower and, and we're good we're changing up things too in uh, next year so these are the last three lowriders we're building yep and then we're going to start building uh, four, uh, we're going to create our own brand of four wheel drive trucks yeah so we're going to bring kind of like that Napco style of four-wheel drive back um, but with all the modern amenities so keep it very traditional styling and cool but uh you know nice colors not overdone not super gigantic with big tires but like square body k5 kind of stuff or more like so we're gonna go from 55 to 72 for now cool that ford and chef yeah and dodge um, but just very, you know, it had almost looked like a stock four wheel drive, maybe a little taller. Yeah. Um, but with, you know, backup cameras and navigation and mm. big power, all the, all the fun stuff. So you're going, Ro right, you're going right back to your roots. Yeah. 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 Roadster shops, uh, doing chassis for us, specific, uh, chassis. Cause these are a special wheelbase truck and, um, I'm real excited about it. kind of the next chapter and what Delmos is doing and. You know, I think the C10, you know, the the market and the low rider scene's well on its way. I think it, you know, people are just killing it, and doing great jobs. So I've done, I guess I've kind of done what I what I can. Yeah. And um, kind of time for me to move on to the next thing. Yeah, and it's also also like it's almost 
Now we talk about building custom trucks, but most of the trucks that I would have seen at Dino's, it's just all the parts you can buy and put together and there's right. a truck. Yeah. You kind of haven't built a custom truck. That's right. You know, like you're not making brackets in your workshop. You're just ordering one and mm-hmm. putting it on. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, you're getting a result you want. Yes. But it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's probably not the challenge that, right. that a creator wants to use, right? For sure. And it's, uh, and they make it so easy now. Yeah. You know, why wouldn't you do it that way? Cause you can really, you know, have your dream truck just by, buying this from this guy and buying this from that guy and getting it done. Mm. And to, to a point, that's kind of what we're doing almost, you know, we're just, you know, taking it maybe to a higher level than some people, but, um, you know, that's really what a lot of people are doing. And, and if you get too crazy on the fabrication, that's where they lose me. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) Cause I don't need to see a, a, like the C notch doesn't have to be a work of art. You know, it doesn't have to be some crazy laser cut sculpture. Yeah. It's just a C notch, man. It's going under a bed. Yeah. Like that's where I get lost in that stuff. You know, it's taking it a bit too far for me. So I, again, respect it. It's cool. I know it takes a lot of work, but aesthetically and purposely, it's kind of out of my range. But so, you know, having said that, I just want to kind of step away from the lowrider deal for a little bit, get into something, just a different market. Yeah. You know, and finally, I suppose, you know, you didn't have a backlog of a hundred builds and you're going to build your own, the one mm-hmm. vehicle. What is it? Well, this street freak I'm building is, is pretty dang cool. That's it. That, that one is, I mean, it's super impractical, like way too much power, super scary to drive. Um, but it's a, you know, I like geeking out on details. So it's going to be like a 70 show car, you know, lots of Chrome, lots of nice paint and Chrome roll cage. And you know, it's kind of a, a track player in it, <laughs> you know, but, um, so I guess that's it, you know, um, other than that, I would probably want some sort of, uh, high end, um, track car, you know, like a Porsche GT2 or something that I could take to the track. Yeah. Really enjoy driving and going fast. So I guess those would be my, <laughs> talk about opposites, right? Yeah, some, yeah. <laughs> some Porsche GT2 and then some fucking crazy truck car that's undrivable. But, yeah. uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, it's funny you spend spend all your days working on these trucks and making them super nice, and then you just have more pleasure getting in some beater and just beating the shit out of it, you know. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, with all this stuff. Yeah, that's it's, awesome. Yeah. Hi, right, man. Thank you very much. Um, and so if people want to check your stuff out, it's www.delmospeed.com. Yeah, or Delmo Speed on Instagram. Yep. And... Uh, and that's pretty much it. I, I don't go on Facebook or anything like that. If you see any adult movies with me in it, I was young, <laughs> young and needed the money. I don't pay attention to those. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, those are the two outlets that I use. and You can check it out. Cool. Right, yeah. Appreciate your time. Thanks, brother. Look forward to seeing you down thanks under. For, thanks for coming. I'll, I'll get down there. Yeah, be cool. All right. Peace out. Thanks. Well, that's the show for this week. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. All information shared in our episodes is general and you should contact your engineer for advice on your build. Please remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and share it with friends and fellow enthusiasts on Facebook, iTunes, or the good old word of mouth. I appreciate hearing feedback, good and bad, so please feel free to shoot me an email, classicpickuppodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in advertising on the podcast and have a relevant business, please get in touch. And finally... If you have a project you're building, it can be hard to find the time to work on it. 
Just spend 15 minutes a day, even if you only unbolt one panel or mount one bracket, you'll be amazed at how quickly it all adds up. The music you hear in the background of this podcast is called Hammer On Down by Uncle Bonehead. Until next week, enjoy the ride.